Order shipments? Check. Virtual meeting? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. We're rolling. <laughs> cool. banana e, but maybe that's just clove I'm picking up on? No. Nope. Uh, coriander. Coriander. Maybe, maybe that's... I'm sure when I, when you drink a lot of Belgian beer, I think all those flavors get mixed up in your senses. And yeah. then... Because when I was just sipping on this, we'll get right back to that. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Nebraska Beer 30. I am your fearless host, Grady McGuire. Hey, if you're listening on your podcast app or checking us out on YouTube, hit the subscribe button for us. That means a lot. It shows us that you are supporting us, and uh, it means the world to us. I am here today with Mr. Eric Layden from Cerro Cider. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's for having me. Everyone's clapping. It. Yeah, man. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Um, let's get back into, into what we're sipping real quick, Eric. So we are sipping on Ardennes, um, yep. which is... So the, the inspiration from it came from a whip beer. Whip beer. So okay. Uh, and part of the the backstory of Cerro Cider is that one of the founding partners decided that, well, when he became celiac, mm-hmm. uh, that he was chasing that be- that experience of having a beer. So uh-huh. for him, the ciders that were commercially available, some were doing it for him, but being in Nebraska, there wasn't a lot available to him. So no. he started making his own cider, sort of chasing that drier, more full-bodied style. Yep, yep. And th- so I sort of took that direction and, and thought, mm-hmm. you know, the wit spices might or some of them at least would maybe lend themselves nice to a cider. So mm-hmm. that's where the inspiration from that one came from. It's delicious, man. Thank yeah, you. I keep as as I'm drinking this, um, I keep like smelling and tasting banana. <laughs> but it must it must just be my my senses tricking me with that coriander in there. It just could because be, yeah. most a lot of of course a lot of Belgian beers, Belgian wits, there's a little there might be a little hint of banana in yep. there. Um but you guys don't add any banana peels or anything like that no no right no <laughs> it's interesting how your your and senses I would know, will do that I, yeah, yeah yeah since I you made that yeah, since yeah. you make it yeah. Yeah, yeah eric what's uh what is your position at Cerro? what's your title uh yes. so i you know is it's it's a pretty loose organization in the sense that i was able to sort of pick the yeah. the title the the job sort of the jobs of the day sort of picked me in a uh-huh. sense but I am officially the president of operations, which oh wow, which is the uh, which I am the poo yep. of the organization, the, the poo the head poo, <laughs> head poo. <laughs> president of uh, the so the acronym. Would That's be, awesome, yeah. poo. <laughs> You're the poo of Sarosai. I am, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's an honor to have the poo Thank down you. here sitting with us today, man. So, how long has Sarosai Cider been around? Uh, we've been open since September 21st. Okay. Of 2018. 2018. Yes, yeah, so you guys are dang new. We are, yeah. Very we're new. 
very new, still mm -hmm. learning a lot and making a lot of mistakes and, trying, yeah. you know, just trying to figure it out right now. But I, th I think that's, um, I think that's what happens with a lot of new uh, breweries and cider houses um, or cideries. We can get into that here soon <laughs> <laughs> on what to call it. But um, yeah, uh, I guess with any new thing that you start, there's always going to be hiccups and things that you have to correct. Have you guys had to dump batches of cider before? We have the not cider dumped house? one yet. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Um, that's awesome. The No, we have not yet. Uh -huh. I remember, um, so I used to, I worked for Backswing right when they started up. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, when you start up, like I said, there's, there's a few hiccups here and there, you know, maybe some bad yeast. And we had to dump a few batches and it's like, it's the most gut-wrenching, your, your heart just hurts watching beer go down the drain. Well, we, we did have one batch go bad <laughs> on us in the sense that it was something that, that sort of went in another direction and we <laughs> weren't happy with it. Um, it didn't mature out the way that we wanted it to, um, but we <laughs> have an advantage over a brewery in the sense that <laughs> we can distill out what we our cider to make brandy. Really? Yeah. How so does that's how, how does brandy that, how is does made. that process work? Brandy is made so apple brandy is made from apple uh -huh. cider. Okay. And brandy is made from wine. So they're distilled wine or distilled cider. Uh-huh. Wow. I, di I didn't know that. Same as like a pear brandy would be made from a perry. Yeah. They I just see. distill it out. Interesting. I was actually it's funny you mentioned that. The other day, I don't know why I started thinking about brandy. I guess I normally do. Around one o'clock every day, I think about brandy. But no, I didn't know. <laughs> um, she sounds I, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's nice. Um, but I, I was wondering to myself what I didn't know what brandy was. I know how whiskey's made. I know how vodka's made. But now, now I know. Yeah. Now I know. So leave it up to those French to figure all that out, huh? Yeah, I don't trust the French and <laughs> for anything. For anything, maybe food. They they make some good food, but that's about it. That's about it. The fries are fantastic. Great cheese as yes, well. Yes, great yeah. cheese. Yep. <laughs> so, Eric, what what led you to Cerro? What did you do before Cerro? Cider? I had been a chef for about mm -hmm. twenty five years before that. So you know good cheese. I have had a few different kinds of cheese. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you, yeah. So you know all the different types of cheeses. The the cheese that smells like poo. <laughs> I do. President of operations. Yeah, yeah, I do. I um yeah, I am uh I yeah, it, you know, for me to get to Cerro and and mm -hmm. making cider was uh it was an an easier transition than if I was to I I tried to make beer mm -hmm. at home for several years and I honestly was not very good at it. I uh -huh. I, I I equate making beer and i spent a, a lot of a, a lot of friends of ours are brewers so mm -hmm. we i've spent quite mm -hmm. a bit of time around the process of making beer so i felt as though i sort of understood it and i mm -hmm. used to joke with them like all you're doing is you're you, you know you're you're making stew in a sense when you're making beer you know yep. you're yep. Making adding a, ingredients a and, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. i i and was able to sort of simplify it that way mm-hmm but as I started to try and make it, I realized that a good brewer in my world was like a good baker. Uh -huh. They have to be able to to make that original product and yep. then ferment that out. Where 
making cider was uh, a little bit more understandable for me being on the chef side and not on the baking side so much. Yep. Um, where I, I, my product comes to me already. My sugar comes to me. Mm-hmm. I don't have to create that from all of these raw ingredients. Yep. I can, so I understand how to blend those a little bit uh, better that maybe than somebody who's had no culinary experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then adding yeast and all of that, there still was a kind of a big learning curve for me that way. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting process making cider. It's um. When it comes to beer, of course, there's there's like we were talking about, there's the mash and there's the boil and things like that. But cider, like you said, it basically the juice just shows up at the at the cidery, and then what what happens after that? Well, we have different. In a nutshell, it uh-huh. shows up. You ferment it, you mature it, mm-hmm. and then you serve it. Okay, so I see. Uh, you can think of it more in a sense of a. It starts as a wine. Okay, uh, and then it becomes blended in then it's it's finished out more like a beer in the sense that we carbonate it okay uh but we we throw different yeasts at it to get different profiles out of Mm -hmm. the same uh the same juice but we can take different blends of juice initially with the same Mm -hmm. yeast and come up with a completely different product so if you have Mm -hmm. There's lots of a- apples have different categories and cider specific apples mm-hmm. are tend to be have high tannin levels. They're bitter sharp, bitter. bitter sweets. Okay. Uh, so th- more English and French and Spanish styles would be derived from those styles. But okay. in the United States, we don't have access to many of those. And it's, uh-huh. that's growing each year. And that's something that we're messing around with currently yeah have, have you gotten your hands on some i have some i've gotten yeah. some some bitter sweets uh that i've been able to Ooh. to start playing with and they they really give you a totally different mouthfeel a totally different palate experience mm-hmm. um and for us it's not as much of a stretch as it would be for other cider makers who specialize in more of the fruited uh sweeter varieties yep. as a finished product where for us um, and that's one of the things that sort of attracted me to cider making is uh-huh. there's no rules right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like the early craft beer days. Mm-hmm. Americans looked at what the Europeans were doing and said, well, we don't have to follow your rules. We can do whatever we want yeah. and look at where that has gone. Yeah. So. Yeah. We, we were talking before the podcast, um, cider is still so, well, craft cider is still so new. Uh, people don't even know what to call the uh, the brewery or the cidery. Yeah. And, um, so I, I always call it, I, I've always called it a cidery, but what, what do you guys call it? When you go to work, where do you, where do you go? I say I'm going to the cider house. The it's cider I, house. If okay. I'm leaving my house or talking to someone, or if I'm meeting a partner down there, I would say, yep. I'll meet you at the cider house. Meet you at the cider house. Yeah. Awesome. So there you go, ladies and gents. But that doesn't mean that we're right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that just is what we say. Well, if, en- if enough people start saying it, it'll, it'll become a thing. Yes. I think. For sure. For sure. <laughs> so, um, Eric, the story behind Cerro, the meaning behind the name, has a lot to do with travel, correct? I think you touched on it a little bit. Uh, yeah, the 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 original group that came together to form Cerro yep. uh, had really want really wanted to sort of build it around that shared 
journey, that shared travel experience, uh-huh. um, and sort of use that also as a metaphor for our progress going forward. Mm-hmm. And it was, it's something that we all are fortunate enough that we can enjoy is mm-hmm. to, is to travel. And the Cerro, uh, was a, an, a combination of an aircraft manufacturers. It was Saunders and Rowe came together to make uh-huh. uh, an aircraft uh-huh. that were, it was to be that post-war luxury experience of travel where they, they the, this particular airplane, the Cerro Princess, was an amphibious mm-hmm. aircraft that was designed to fly from the UK to Eng- or t- in the United States and return. And, you know, this was a, at a time when tr- boat travel was, was really the way that people were doing it. Uh-huh. Um, and that uh, one of our partners uh, comes from a family that's into aviation. So she mm-hmm. really knew of, of aircraft that you and I just would not know very well at all so she came up with that and we wanted a name that was unique to us yep and saro um it was just the it was something that we finally landed on Mm -hmm. it's um i love those who don't know uh, it it's just a word just a word yeah Yeah. but a brand as as soon as you walk into the tap room though you get you get the feel of of travel um if you've never been to the saro cider house Hey, before um, it's a beautiful tap room, and on the walls um, is is it a map of London? It's Edinburgh, actually, Edinburgh. or a, a depiction of depiction Edinburgh, of Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a map on the wall, and then there's um, a uh, what do you call it? A motorcycle with a, a side with a sidecar, with a sidecar on, it. on it. And initially, that doesn't make it in the tap room anymore. Thankfully, oh, it doesn't. Thankfully, yeah. we've been busy enough that we had to add tables and chairs uh-huh. uh, over time. So now it it's still in the back, and we take it out front uh, for people to see. And and in fact, uh-huh. uh, people have borrowed it from us for different reasons as well. Oh, really? Yeah. And just just friends who are like want to take it out, or or somebody who wants to use it for their business. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Awesome. It could be any sort of business, huh? Well, like our tribal just used it yeah. to pick somebody up from the airport. No way! And so they surprised <laughs> yeah. them with they should, you know, this person came off the airplane and they handed him a helmet and said, "Get in." Basically, that's hilarious, man. I'm sure they went, "Where's my luggage going to go?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to hold on to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you uh, when you're in Cerro, ask to see um, the motorcycle and sidecar. It's pretty neat. It it's is, it's yeah. very old school. And wasn't uh, that was the first idea for the name initially, wasn't it? Sidecar, it was cider yeah. or something like that. Sidecar was the 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 long running initial name, yeah. Yep. And sidecar. then we were not able to use it sort of late in the game. Oh, uh, yeah, I see. Um, so, Eric, what made you want to uh, become a, a cider maker? What would you call yourself a cider maker? Or what's what's the title of a cider brewer? I don't know that I've done it long enough to call myself a cider maker. Yeah. I'm I am a I'm someone who makes cider someone. is what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> um but I in uh, many years ago or not that many years ago, I guess, uh we my wife and I and some other partners had a restaurant in Oregon that we did mm-hmm. food manufacturing and distribution out of as well. So we had mm-hmm. four products that we distributed in Bend where we were and then Eugene and Portland 
uh, as well. So mm -hmm. that was a part of the business that I really, really enjoyed. Um, so I, I just kept, that was one of those things where I, I knew that I want, it was something that I wanted to explore more. Uh, we, we found out from doing something on a small scale like that to grow it mm -hmm. to a large scale is the, the, we thought like we could start at step A and then get to step B and yeah. then step C and grow this, this business. And it turns out there is no step B. Yeah. You either start at A and stay at A. Yeah. Or you start at C and you grow from C. And you grow from C, but yeah. The amount of investment to go from A to B, it makes no sense. Yeah. You just go from A to C or you just start at C. That's yeah. Whatever yeah. your end goal is. So that was something that returned. So when my, I, I literally married the girl next door. Um, yeah. <laughs> so we're both from Lincoln uh -huh. and we, had been away for many, many years and mm -hmm. we moved back to Lincoln. And when we got here, we said, you know, we, we really wanted to open a cider company uh -huh. and it was something that we thought would be a niche and that we enjoyed. We saw where it was going in the Northwest and then, you know, you have to pay bills and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. yep. I uh, was working as a chef. And then a few years later, uh, and a good friend of mine kind of summed it up in the sense where someone eventually came to me and said, hey, you know that cider company that you wanted to open up? Yep. Well, we're doing that. You want to be part of it. And, and you were like, kind of how, yeah, this I'm was, in. Uh, actually, initially, I was not in. I was very uh -huh. skeptical. Um, I come from a background of watching people who don't come from my world of yep. working in kitchens or in the hospitality industry mm -hmm. or manufacturing industry and they jump into it and they don't have the longevity they don't make the right decisions or good decisions initially so yep. we sort of tested each other in the beginning i was working on uh, a, a second degree and another certification as a chef so i didn't uh -huh. really have the time to dedicate to it in, initially and when I finished that, we sort of kept going forward. And that's when um, they, the group really surprised me in the sense that they kept making yep. decisions that I would have coached them to make. They were making on their own. Uh -huh. And I felt them to be wise, smart business decisions for the yep. project that we were working on. Great minds think alike. I think so, yeah. Yeah, oh, definitely. It's a great product. Oh, it's, thank you. It's, it's working very well. So you had a little, you had an experience with a, um, a cider course, or um, I guess, what would you call it? I'm having uh, trouble choosing my words tonight. Yeah, maybe I mean, it's, it's this first. Maybe it's a cider. The, it is. A, <laughs> it is cider course. Yes, it's, cider course. It's more of the uh -huh. the the first part of it is, and so the you can take them at different places throughout the country, mostly in the West Coast and mostly in the Northeast and the Northwest. Uh -huh. And they're ran by uh, the Cider Institute of North America. Okay. So, Oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So they've, they've developed this coursework and it's, and it's a thing that's always progressing. And mm -hmm. uh, there's a guy named Peter Mitchell, who's thus retired, who has been an English cider maker for decades and decades. Mm -hmm. uh, very, very well known in the cider world very well respected and he created this coursework mm -hmm. so you would go and you would take these classes and he would come to the United States or you could go to England and take these classes 
um, they're a week at a time. So you, you know, you really have to be dedicated to it. And yep. the, the first week is, you know, would be someone who's maybe making cider and wants to kind of learn a little bit more about how to be more efficient at it, maybe the science behind it. Uh, and then as the weeks progress, it gets in, you, you start to get into to people who are more, that are really into it professionally. And yep, the, the home cider maker is not, they don't exist in those those uh, those long or the the harder classes. Let's yep. say, yeah, um, there. It's a lot of information. It, you definitely mm-hmm. have to be willing to study, essentially, and oh yeah, retain all of the science, the and the all of the the production things that are being sent at you. Especially if you're like me and you you're trying to translate it into beer, and it doesn't. You know, that's, and, and that's something you learn right away is it's, it's not beer. It's never going to be beer. And Uh and that was the, one of the things where even with people who aren't experienced cider drinkers, Mm -hmm. they have a very narrow focus of what cider can be. Mm -hmm. And we are hopefully, it seems as though when people try our product, they're surprised by it. And, yeah. and they say, wow, I could have more than one of these. And, uh-huh. and this is, uh, you know, uh, they, they like the dryness of it. They like the, the, ver- you know, the wit style. They, yep. they appreciate the, the complexity of it in yeah. some ways. Yeah. You, they, they appreciate you guys breaking the mold, I think is well, what there they, is no mold. Yeah. So that was sort of the, you know, the, that was uh-huh. the, that's, that's what brought me to it. Yep. In a lot of ways. I guess what I was getting at is is you're making a product that's that's different from the mainstream ciders. So you know, like an angry orchard, um, strongbow, things like that. You guys are taking it and you're you're twisting what cider can be. I think that's what is making you guys so successful right now. Oh you, I hope yeah, I hope so. Are yeah. we successful? Yeah, I I, I would say <laughs> can so. Can you remind us of that? Yeah, sometime? yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. So was the was the cider course something that um was tough. You mentioned there was, of course, there's a lot of science when it comes, when it comes to that sort of thing. Was that something that you struggled with or was that something you sort of breezed through? Uh, I think that all of the chef certification that I had done and the chef, uh, the culinary training, as well as the education that I had done, Mm -hmm. the the degree that I have in that as well, that I did later in life as well. Um, I think so it was that, fresh that in your mind. I think I just think it helped kind of prepare me for that. I always yep. sort of had the, I didn't want to just know how to make something. I kind of wanted to know, wh- how, like why it it happens that way yep. a little bit more. And there are uh, there's a few people who write about those things in the culinary world. So there uh, there is information out there for people who want to know the science behind. Uh, why something like I can tell you that the Maillard reaction is why something uh, meat browns or bread caramelizes. Browns, yes, yep. but there, but why does it do that is a little different than mm-hmm. than just knowing that that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So learning that and Harold McGee would be sort of the leading culinary scientist in that field. So Harold McGee, yeah, is he English too? I don't believe so. That sounds very English. Is is the the like the Bible for that? I see. I see. I think that's that's what makes the best brewers and the best cider makers are the people who dive in deep and want to understand why things taste a certain way, why things, you know, why certain grains 
combine together, taste a certain way. And um, yeah, I think those are those are the people you want to drink beer and cider from, the people who are truly dedicated. Oh, well, yeah, I, 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 I guess I agree with that as well. Someone yep. who, at least who has a, who's looking at it from... The, from all the angles, I guess. Yep, yep. I've been looking at the second can of cider Sorry. from all angles. <laughs> so um, we're sipping on Ardennes, the Belgian wit style. Yeah, so the, the Zamora, which is our jalapeno one, which always okay. surprises everybody. It's it's not it's so good. It's not spicy no, the, it's, in the sense. There, there's it a little a bit of a heat. Fresh, a little bit of a heat, but, you but, know, it, but the one that I've been drinking most lately uh-huh. is the Valencia here. And and yep. this one we do, we actually have a kettle uh-huh. in our facility and we utilize it for, Where you can for this one. Boil. Yeah. So we do a pre-fermentation. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a, I'm a bad host with that. <laughs> oh no, you're good. <laughs> I, uh, oh. Yeah. So we have, uh-huh. we do have a kettle that we do a, a pre-boil on, on some ingredients in juice that, okay. that we then pre, we do it. So pre-ferment. So in making cider, you can thank you, sir. You can add flavor mm-hmm. before, during, or after, or all three. Okay, to create your finished product, and this would be one that is almost exclusively pre-ferment uh, that we then add to yeast. Then we throw the yeast into it, mm-hmm. and then we end up with with that product. There's a little bit of blending at the very end, but not much. Okay. Now what, now explain to me, what, what does that mean to, to pre ferment? Well, so, I, I guess maybe I said it incorrectly. Mm-hmm. We, so essentially we make a tea okay. and we add it, but we do it with juice, not with water and we okay. add it to juice. So now instead of adding flavorings during the process mm-hmm. or post process, of fermentation, mm-hmm. we're actually changing. We're altering the flavor of the of the side of the the apple juice pre fermentation, and then the yeast with that takes it into another direction. Okay. And we've I've experimented around with some other ingredients as well. And one that I'm I'm really interested in currently would be juniper. So mm. getting a a little bit of a steep of juniper berries. Mm-hmm. Uh, can take it into a whole new direction, and it you know it, it like this has hop and orange in it to begin uh-huh. with, and it's but if I told you it was an orange hop cider, you would be expecting something completely different. I would, yeah. And that's not what we were going for. We're looking for a depth and richness, uh-huh. and that's what I feel like we get from that one. Yeah, this is this is very tasty. Um, the first thing I noticed was that it's it's a lighter mouthfeel. Than, than the first one. Um, it's definitely, this is something you could actually, we, you could actually sh- like shotgun this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very, it's really, it's very, very light. You're welcome to try. Yeah. 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 Just hand me that crowler. And that, well, it will be in, well, it won't be in cans, uh, mm-hmm. but we will be bottling that one and the Zamora here in the next couple of months as well. Ooh, awesome. Yeah. Bottling is around the corner. It is. Yeah. It's I've, I, I've seen, the, uh, oh, I bet. Corner. I've, uh, I've seen the bottling line in person. That's a beast. <laughs> yeah. It's a monster. <laughs> you should have seen it, them trying to get it in the building. It yeah. Was, that was equally beastly. I bet. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you move something like that? Uh, two forklifts uh-huh. and a, 
a lot of swearing individuals. Nice. As it turns <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh huh. Swearing seems to help things. It got it in, in there. those situations. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you brought the Ardennes, the Belgian wit style. You brought the Valencia, sort of the drier style, slightly hopped, and a little bit of orange. You brought Zamora, which is the jalapeno cider. Yep. What are some other ciders that you guys toy with down there at the cider house? Um, so we did a, we took some Nebraska juice and we made it into a sour and then we made, Whoa. we, uh, put it into some bourbon barrels. So some, some rye bourbon barrels and, or corn, okay. corn whiskey, or corn bourbon to okay. keep it gluten free, mm-hmm. uh, aged it in that. Uh, we've got another one that we blend, uh, pear and apple juice. Mm-hmm. And then we, uh, after fermentation, we age it in Chardonnay barrels. Oh, wow. Um, the latest one to come out was a rosé style, which I okay. took um, a new yeast that I had never worked with before. Uh-huh. And I uh, was looking for something that was for the summertime. Yep. And I, I wanted that juicy sort of, um, you know, we, I wanted something sweet, sweet for us. Yeah, not, yeah, not, yeah, because you guys are very. Your your standard is sort of dry, semi sweet is what we semi sweet. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So I wanted something that I could. I wanted those tr- those sort of fruity or tropical flavors, uh-huh. but I wanted to work for it. I wanted to work too hard for it. Yeah, basically. I hear you. So I was I toyed around with some yeast. I discussed some different yeast with um, Sam Riggins. Actually, kind of pointed oh, cool. me in, from in, Cosmic in, Eye yeah, in a direction. Yep, and I um, I ended up kind of being successful with one of them where mm-hmm. I was getting sort of tropical flavors and aromas off of it after it was done fermenting. And I thought, okay, well now this is a good base to come from. So then mm-hmm. I, I added ras- whole raspberries to it to come up with that rosé. So I had a, a yeast that already kind of gave me some tropical flavors to it, uh-huh. added some raspberry and then added some, uh, and then was able to, to take it from that and, you know, blended into what was called a, a rosé style. Oh, wow. That sounds delicious. I haven't tried that one. Oh. Um, one of my favorites right now is your Bogota. Did oh, I mention yeah, that right? You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that one yeah, up. Yeah, Bogota. So we do a nitro yep. coffee. One. Nitro coffee cider. Check that out when you guys go check out Cerro. Um, Cerro Cider is located right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find more information about them at cerrocider.com, facebook.com slash four, the number four, Cerro Cider and Instagram.com slash Cider. There we are, man. All right. Eric, thanks for coming on, wow, dude. That was fun. Fast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Cheers. I got a, uh, uh, I got a, a shirt Oh, sweet. You. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem, dude. Thank you. I appreciate uh, yeah. that. Hope it fits. I'm going to wear that during the next <laughs> podcast. Okay, cool. Cheers, man. Thank you. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.